today on Ag News Daily to be able to remotely monitor it and uh, control it. Um, you know that that technology as far as you know being able to see where the pivot's at, um, status alerts, being able to start and stop it. Um, so that's just a really reliable uh, solution that the grower has through FieldNet, uh, where it can you know save them a lot of time and money. Well, here we are, December 19th, 2023, Tech Tuesday. Tanner and Delaney almost hanging out together, just connected by uh, a fiber optic cable, right? I, I guess. <laughs> just, does it even go over fiber anymore, or is everything now sent up to the satellites? Well, I think we have tech. I think technically we have fiber internet still, so I'm going to go with fiber cable. Okay, we'll stick with that. It is uh, certainly made podcast recording much easier for us to be able to do things together. So we can talk weather together. We are still seeing some blustery conditions. 40 mile per hour winds are expected for most of the Midwest. Nebraska and Iowa are a big focus of the National Weather Service saying that these dry conditions could be wildfire risks. That's a problem, Delaney, without any snow on the ground and very little moisture around. Dry conditions are expected to impact parts of Missouri as well. Relatively low humidities are going to have that widespread effect on those fire opportunities. Thankfully, there's not a lot of machinery moving into fields, but ultimately this still is uh, something to pay caution to as things are burnt or discarded uh, as far as general maintenance goes. We did see that snowfall in the upper Midwest towards the Eastern coast. That system is gonna continue to push that way as well. But uh, other than that, it looks like we could be seeing in these long range forecasts here in the Midwest, a warmer than expected Christmas. Uh, it doesn't look like it will be white. We may get a chance of rain, Delaney. I am not looking forward to that, Tanner. No rain for me. Yes, it uh, certainly would put a damper on the holiday. It certainly would. Although I suppose if you are a producer in the Western Corn Belt, you could probably look for a little rain, including the state here of Iowa. For some large portions of the Western Corn Belt, Tanner, the last four-year period from December 2019 through November of 2023 has been the driest period in a lifetime. That's the takeaway from a 48-month precipitation review and study done by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. They said that this assessment certainly is most true for the state of Iowa as the 48-month Iowa statewide precipitation total calculated was at 113 inches. That's about 27 and a half inches below the normal mean precipitation we've seen from the years of 91 through 2020. Other states were also impacted by this as well. Uh, Southern Minnesota, Eastern Nebraska, parts of South Dakota and Kansas, and even Missouri and Illinois all saw Tanner during the last four years, some of the driest stretches we've seen for the history of at least since the NOAA has been tracking this data. So as we think about heading into 2024 planting season, you know, that's the big question I think growers are always asking is how does it look in your neck of the woods? What do you see when you get down to some subsoil moisture levels? And this certainly doesn't paint a pretty picture, especially for the state of Iowa. No, uh, unfortunately it doesn't. 
uh, for what we're looking ahead. We do have some AI working for the future of agriculture. Scientists have now trained computers to spot invasive weeds. They've written an algorithm for the AI structure to manage Johnson grass, a noxious weed that crowds out cotton and sickens horses. Farmers have tried herbicides, burning, and hand pulling, but now researchers at the University of California, Davis, have developed a high-tech weapon. They now use photos from Google's Street View database, and those UC Davis researchers have now tracked down 2,000 cases of Johnson grass in the Western United States and have done this for a fraction of the cost and the time that it would take to do drive-by surveys and personal views. They're calling their tool Google Weed View. This advancement could help land managers quickly survey their problemed areas and treat those before Johnson grass spreads. But the best part about this, Delaney, is once the model is trained, you could run it on millions of images from Google Street View, and you'd have the flexibility to scale this up to include other plant species. All that is needed to label the Street View items is to train the algorithm to identify a different type of weed, and they can put this into work very quickly. Google Weed View also offers the opportunity to examine climate and what that does to affect the growth and spread of these invasive plants on a very large scale. So some neat technology there, Delaney, that might help us identify some weed pressure spots. Well, Tanner, that segues nicely into my next headline, which is also dealing with AI. Late last week, we saw Congress introduce the new Farm Tech Act, which is specifically designed to protect and uphold artificial intelligence usage in agriculture. The act was introduced by Representative Randy Feenstra, which would, ele- which would in turn have the USDA establish a program to certify the efficacy, legitimacy, and safety of software that utilizes artificial intelligence to support agricultural technologies, products, and processes. Now, a lot of folks might be thinking that this is a negative act that Congress has pulled forth here, but in turn, they're saying really their goal by introducing this is not to limit the amount of artificial intelligence that is being used in the ag space, but in fact, to help amplify and protect farmers from questions about data usage, um, making sure that the software is legitimate and it's not doing things it shouldn't be doing and to ultimately give farmers better tools like the one you just mentioned there tanner to be able to serve them daily so this is going to be an interesting conversation and debate moving forward but they're saying that the farm tech act will really open a pathway for these innovative technologies to help rural communities feed and fuel the world Well, a couple of tech headlines to segue out of your conversation there. Agrimatics announced the integration of its LibraCart system with its popular Case IH and New Holland data telematics platforms. This integration now allows the users of Case IH's AFS Connect and New Holland's MyPLM Connect to interact with their LibraCart systems on their own dashboards. This will allow them to transmit the data to the Agrimatics cloud service, LibraCart is a mobile-based grain cart scale and harvest management system, and the fact that it can now be tied in to uh, the apps via Bluetooth is a huge benefit for those that are running AFS Connect and MyPLM Connect to be able to send all of that data directly to the cloud. AgLeader also made an announcement that they upgraded their Boom Loop. 
Their new upgrade integrates with Ag Leader's in-command display and provides a streamlined path for product to flow from the boom ends back into the spray tank. So they're making recirculation simpler. These sprayers that feature the company's right spot nozzle control system can be upgraded with their in-command displays to create a streamlined path for farmers to recirculate. This eliminates dead spots and opportunities for product to build up. It is controlled in the cab via their in-command 1200 display and the efficiencies via this one single system could cover the cost of the upgrade. So a couple of new tech headlines there to share with our listeners on this Tech Tuesday, Delaney. Oh, yes, you're right. It is Tech Tuesday. I'd completely forgotten that, Tanner. I got one more to squeeze in there. The Yarbo multifunction work robot is got a snowblower attachment. So I don't know if you've seen these at the trade shows, Delaney. They look like a Roomba for the outdoor yard sitting on tracks, but they do have developed their autonomous yard cleaning robot now launching their Yarbo Snowblower S1. So they started the development for this product in 2017 and have raised nearly $3.45 million on Kickstarter to build this final version. It is available and is currently capable of blowing snow. It also comes with a mower attachment to mow your yards. The robot drives on rubber tracks to take on most of your outdoor conditions. So there you go, nothing like rounding out those headlines. All right, well, I'll round out our headlines here with some international trade news, as I'm sure you've got some uh, Israel-Hamas headlines as well. But as we continue to watch attacks going on in multiple regions of the world here, the container shipping company Marsk announced on Friday that they would no longer be moving freight through the Red Sea area due to the increased frequency of the attacks of the rebels on the civilian ships at sea. This is uh, kind of been the case or a, a smaller theme going on maybe here in the background, Tanner, as we continue to watch shipping costs and uh folks not being willing to provide insurance for certain cargoes and shipments heading in and out of certain regions here. But overall, the larger story here is that shipping costs globally have continued to rise so much so that we're seeing open interest in the corn contracts yesterday rose by nearly 50,000 contracts. A lot of analysts are suggesting that that's indicating the funds are adding on to their short positions in response to these rising shipping costs worldwide. We're also seeing, of course, uh, Argentina has added export taxes to try and limit the amount of exports heading out of their country. And we're just seeing a lot of interesting last end of the year things happening here. And, you know, Tanner, typically this time of year, things are quiet, then a lot of outlets are shut down. We might see some things slide through here as a lot of reporters are off on vacation that this is typically the time of year we see some of these headlines start to skate by under the radar as a lot of folks are out for vacation. So it's definitely some things to keep an eye on here as we do head into the new year. Yeah, that's correct. It will be uh, on us to try and keep our listeners informed. But yes, my last headlines coming out of the Gaza region. The UN Security Council is due to vote on a new ceasefire motion today after an early attempt was vetoed by the U.S. U.S. Defense Secretary stated that the uh, U.S.-led security operation in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden following this attack by Yemen's Iranian-backed Houthis says that their strikes on commercial ships are in revenge for Israel's war on the Hamas. 
Israel's defense minister states, though, that their military will gradually transition into the next phase of their war and expects displaced Palestinians to be able to return to their homes in the northern Gaza region before those that are coming uh, in the southern region. Much more of the north has been decimated by airstrikes, so there may not be homes there to uh, return to. There is a headline that potentially three hostages were killed by Israeli military officials. There is no confirmation of that yet, but that could prevent potentially produce uh, a retaliation effort coming from the Hamas. So right now, the situation is beyond desperate, where people are sheltering inside of a church. And uh, unfortunately, an Israeli military sniper has allegedly killed innocent civilians in that church. So a couple of not positive headlines coming from the Israeli side, uh, as far as complying with the rules of war, Delaney. Well, Tanner, I think that is probably our final headline here for today, aside from taking a look at where the overnight markets are trading. And as we have just opened here this morning, grains are trading lower. March corn today down a penny and a half at the open at 475 and three quarters. March soybeans down 17 and a half cents at 1322 and three quarters. We've got some reports here, Tanner, that both Brazilian and Argentinian corn and soybean plantings are going ahead of pace. Although we did have some early season weather challenges, it seems that the crop is getting into the ground and is nearly complete with planting season. Wheat today is trading a little bit mixed on the board as the March 24 wheat Chicago wheat contract up three quarters of a cent at 617. March hard red winter wheat up three and a quarter cent at 631. And March spring wheat is up three and three quarters cents at 725. Livestock here at the open tanner are trading a little bit mixed as well. February live cattle down 15 cents at a buck 69.47. January feeder cattle are flirting with unchanged at 223.15. And February lean hogs down 70 cents at 70.90. All right, we have a fellow Tanner with us today. We've got Tanner Oliphant here. He is the Director of Ag Technology Sales for Lindsay. And today, Delaney, we're going to talk a little bit of irrigation. Welcome to the podcast, Tanner. Yeah, I appreciate you all having me on here. So first of all, let's start off. How did you find your way to Lindsay and get in the role that you're in? Yeah, so I um, I guess I started my career uh, about 15 years ago as a as a crop consultant, irrigation specialist in southwest Kansas, uh, grew up on a, a farm in that area and um, have really just kind of stayed in that that space throughout my career over the last 15 years, working as, you know, in the in the agronomic crop consulting capacity um, and then on the manufacturing side, but mostly uh, focused on precision irrigation technology, uh, precision irrigation um, management. And so I really, really have a passion for, you know, uh, helping farmers and growers across the country implement this technology and these solutions into their operation to uh, increase, improve their efficiency and um, quality of life and overall profitability. Well, Tanner, nice. let's, so then, oh, go ahead, Delaney. I was just going to say, well, Tanner, let's talk a little bit about some of those solutions that Lindsay Irrigation offers to farmers to help with their precision ag and irrigation needs. Yeah. So, you know, outside of just, um, you know, offering a, you know, a very reliable um, center pivot through Zomatic that can be passed on from generation to generation, you know, adding the 
the technology space with FieldNet into the operation, um, you know, really allows the grower to, you know, have an extension of that, of that pivot, um, you know, to be able to remotely monitor it and uh, control it. Um, you know, that, that technology, as far as, you know, being able to see where the pivot's at, um, status alerts, being able to start and stop it. Um, you know, that's just a really reliable uh, solution that the grower has through FieldNet uh, where it can, you know, save them a lot of time and money from a, you know, from a cost saving standpoint, peace of mind, time with family. But, you know, where, where we kind of are heading with FieldNet is, is kind of beyond monitor and control, uh, monitor and stop, I should say, um, you know, through some of more of the agronomic tools that we'll be talking about today through FieldNet and FieldNet Advisor. So for some of our listeners that might not have experience with irrigation, what are the different types of irrigation are available? And then what does Lindsay focus on? Yeah, so, you know, with Lindsay, you know, it's a trusted name in the, in the, in the center pivot irrigation, kind of mechanized uh, irrigation industry. So we've been around for a long time. Um, you know, so mostly what the, most of the growers that we, we're dealing with are uh, running center pivot irrigation over, over row crops, corn, potatoes, you know, various crops, anything that's gr grown under uh, center pivots. But we also have some growers that, um, you know, are using our technologies to automate, um, you know, drip drip systems and pumps and solid set guns and those kind of things and more of the specialty crop industry as well. But uh, most of our focus is through uh, center pivot irrigation through Zomatic and FieldNet. So Tanner, we have talked with a Lindsay Irrigation representative before. It's been quite a few farm progress shows ago now, I want to say. And I think at that time, the FieldNet uh, application was just starting to become more prevalent in the industry. Give us the 10,000 foot view of what that solution does. Yeah. So, you know, with FieldNet, there's, there's a various, um, you know, we have a couple different uh, solutions for the growers, depending on what their needs are, you know, uh, you know, from everything from being able to uh, put a product called Fit Pivot Watch on there to be able to just kind of monitor where the machine's at, um, get status alert updates, and 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 track their as-applied water data all the way up to our uh, Pivot Control product, which is an aftermarket device that um, essentially retrofits to any brand of machine and and really allows that grower uh, full control of that of that pivot remotely. So um, you know where they can change directions. Uh, start and stop the machine if it's an electric well they can start it um, they can you know submit variable rate uh, speed control prescriptions so if you got a, uh, a part of the field that has a lighter soil type versus a heavy soil type we can match the you know that really makes it easy for the grower to apply the right amount of water in the right location of the field you know not all soil types across the, the field are are usually the same um, and so that really um, you know there's there's kind of an A to Z uh, product solution there that really can um, enable the grower to have, you know, all the way up to, you know, full control of the machine. And plus all the new, um, new uh, Zomatic machines that are getting sent out, you can, you can buy the, the, the panel with the uh, technology already installed inside the machine. So. And that's what we've been discovering on this podcast is there's so much technology involved in agriculture. It's not a surprise that it's also going to hit our friends that, do a significant amount of irrigating. Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, water is, I think everybody knows, is water is the biggest, uh, one of the biggest yield limiting factors uh, on, on the farm. So you either, you know, you either have too much or you, you need more. Um, and so obviously water plays a, a huge part of it. And, um, you know, and we're, you know, we're really uh, 
advocates of sustainability. So, you know, we want the, these, to enable these growers with tools to be able to, you know, only put the right amount of uh, water on when they need it and where they need it. So, you know, being, being conscious and aware of, of the resources that we have available. So um, through technology like FieldNet, um, they can, you know, they can really manage their irrigation a lot more precisely um, through uh, just being aware of, hey, if the pivot's stuck in the middle of the night and it's sitting there running, the grower's going to get a text message, right? So they don't have to go out there and find it in the morning with a, you know, with a pond out there that they've, they've created un- unwantingly um, to, um, you know, to more of the agronomic solutions uh, through, through FieldNet Advisor, which uses AI to be able to determine, you know, grower puts in their, their crop type, we can actually uh, detect the uh, the planning date or the emergence date I should say and um, and that really kind of gives them an actual uh, recommendation uh, for their irrigation amounts uh, all in a single sign-in platform through our new our new uh, user interface that's getting ready to be released here sometime after shortly after the first of the year. What will that new user interface look like or do a little bit better for producers? Yeah, so you know, again, um, you know, what, what we're really trying to push towards is is allowing uh, growers tools and solutions that are are making it a lot easier for them to manage their irrigation operations. So, um, you know, some growers have crop consultants that are going out there and hand probing the field. Um, some growers are just kind of winging it, um, and so uh, you know integrating agronomic solutions that are really easy to use um, into that platform. But the new user interface, um, again, it's all about simplicity um, and efficiency. So, you know, as, as the field net technology, the monitor and stop control system has been around for, for quite a while, the new U- the, the software side is where we can really make some leaps and bounds as far as um, integrating AI and, and um, you know, providing the grower the uh, the information that they really they really want to see when they first log into that platform. Um, you know, a lot of the solutions that we're integrating into this new UI are, you know, um, are not necessarily things that um, that we think the grower should need. Uh, a lot of the a lot of our staff members grew up on irrigated farms. A lot of the the, the people behind the scenes that are creating the, these products are are farm kids. Um, so that's important. Uh, but we really listen to the customer. You know, we want to know, you know, we listen to what they they want to see when they first uh, log into a solution that they're going to be managing their irrigation. So um, I think the current FieldNet users are going to see that when they first log into that that new platform, um, it's we've uh, we've we've simplified things quite a bit, but but also added a lot more to it. So. Um, usability and kind of information they need is going to kind of be front and center and very easy, easy to use and some new tools that them and their crop consultants could also use to help make better uh, uh, informed decisions when it comes to when to irrigate and how much. So as our listeners are, are enjoying this conversation, what is something our audience can do to help you guys? Are you looking for more employees? Are you looking for more dealers? You just want more customers? What can we do to help? Well, you know, I think that um, we we really are, um, I would say I'm more of an educator first. Um, you know, I really like to, and I would speak, uh, you know, I can speak for a lot of the people that uh, are our dealers and uh, that work directly with their customers, the grower. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I think just going into your local Zomatic dealer and, uh, and asking if you're not, if you're currently, if you currently don't have any irrigation on your farm, but you have water, um, you know, available that you could, uh, you could uh, pump out or you're putting on a, you know, I know you all are in Iowa. So, um, 
you know, if you're running a drain tile system and, and draining that into a man-made lake, you know, you can actually irrigate that back onto the field. Um, so there's a lot of ways we can get creative, but, um, but I would say just ask questions, you know, if you're interested in learning more about um, irrigation, precision irrigation technology, maybe you've got a system out there that you're, you know, uh, you know, you'd like to see if there's other, other uh, solutions out there that maybe could, you could do things a little different. Just ask us a question, go in our local Zomatic dealer and, uh, and say, Hey, I want to learn more about field net technology, about Zomatic, about Lindsay. And we're, uh, we're more than happy to have a conversation. Fantastic. Well, Tanner, we certainly appreciate your time today. Before we let you go, if any of our listeners would like to dig into any of the things we talked about today, outside of going to their local dealer, what's the best place to go to find more information? Yeah, so you can obviously go to um, just lindsay.com and there's a there's a part there where you can click on irrigation and there's a lot of information there. Um, we've got a dealer locator on there uh, where you can basically look up any any dealer in the in the world per se. We are uh, you know we are outside of the United States as well. I'm I'm sure most of your listeners are in North America, but um, you know if they're curious about you know where where's their local Zomatic dealer and they can get on there and learn more about our products. Um, and uh, we like I said, we'd be happy to happy to have a conversation uh, with them. Fantastic. Again. Yeah, I really appreciate you, uh, you reaching out to me and uh, we look forward to hopefully hearing from your listeners. And like I said, we're here to, we're here to help. We're launching a lot of new cool products and uh, this new user interface is really, uh, really exciting. We're here to help. Well, awesome listeners. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. We'll be back tomorrow. Delaney excited for that conversation, but for today, should we let him go? Let's let him go.